Hey everyone, and welcome back to the First Act Podcast. On today's episode, the tables have turned, and our very own marketing coordinator, Erica Bell, interviews me. In these smaller episodes, I'm going to be sharing things like advice, experience, and my path in entertainment, why I started the podcast, and a bunch of other fun stories. I hope you enjoy. And now, hosted by Harry G, this is your one-stop shop for hot talk straight from the top. Whether you're trying to build a job in pop, rock, or any other artsy schlock, here's your top dog. Info that can't be bought, it's gotta be sought. So sit back, crack a six-pack, cause we're about to chit-chat and rip facts. It's the First Act Podcast. Everyone has their unique story, so I went from not getting hired by any of these agencies, even though I was way qualified, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't get a job. So I had to find another way in. And uh, after that night, I, I wanted to thank Heath somehow. I was mm-hmm. just like, thank you so much for letting me have that experience at Webster Hall and taking, taking me to a show and show me a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, I called him on the phone, not knowing that he was going to put me on speaker in front of the entire office. I knew this later. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I just wanted to say like, hey, it's Harrison, like the guy who interviewed for that assistant job. I know you don't have a decision yet, but I just wanted to let you know, like my visa is up in a few weeks. Or like mm-hmm. in like a, in like a week and a half or something, I'm like I have ten days I can devote to you. Um, I'm like just to see if we're a good fit. I'm like, can I come in and be your unpaid intern for like the next two weeks? Mm-hmm. Wow. He's like, well, what days do you want to come in? I said, I'll be there day and night. And so I did that, and he let me come in, and I got to meet all the other interns. And mm-hmm. my job was to make sure that I did more than all of them, and. Already, when that happened, I, after like the second day, um, the girl, Erin Norajanian, who I actually had on the podcast, who was marketing director, well, she was being, she was in transition to move out of the assistant role. She started passing off work to me because she was like, oh, the guys at Crush said that a lot of really nice things about you. And I guess she was in my, she was, you know, kind of like a, a little bit of like my cheerleader hoping yeah. that, because if, if he hires me then she could do her next job. You know, she could, mm. she could go and be marketing director instead of win, win. Yeah. Win, win. And as long, and she was showing me how to use Photoshop. I didn't know anything about Photoshop. I was not very technical. Um, she was teaching me how to use song kick and she was just like having me do grunt work, whatever mm-hmm. intern work needed to be done. And I ended up also taking meetings with someone else who I thought might hire me. This guy, who used to manage uh, Good Charlotte, his name's Steve. And Steve was like, hey, Harrison, like, what are you up to these days? And I was interning at Webster. And I was like, hey, I'm interning at Webster Hall. And um, I'm just uh, looking for a job. And he was like, oh, he said, tell Heath I say hi. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, Heath and I grew up in Jersey. (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, what? And so I tap Heath on the shoulder. I'm like, Hey, Heath, yeah. uh, Steve Feinberg says hi. And he's just like, how do you know him? You know, how do you know this guy that I knew from New Jersey? And so it was just, uh, it was just very right place, right time. Mm-hmm. That's that I, I always refer to that moment as like my big break, long winded story, really just to say like relationships really matter in this business and it doesn't matter how you build them, but you just want to be a good person that wants to help people out. That's really yeah. it. And, you know, I think I've spoken more about the rest of my story on, on episodes of the podcast, but it's really just like, you know, I worked really hard there up until the point where we ended up 
getting bought by um, AEG and Brooklyn Sports and Entertainment. And I saw an opportunity to, um, I didn't think that they were gonna keep us on. I just, it, my gut said, they're not gonna keep on the team. And I had to impress agents at this point. And I had built after every single show at Webster Hall for mm -hmm. the year and a half or so that I was there, every single show I would meet people, mm -hmm. agents, managers, PR, labels, you know, tour managers, artists, you name it. And mm -hmm. my job was just to make sure they always had a good time, a drink in their hand, or, you know, they had a, an after party to go to afterwards and um, people got to know me. So that I ended up being offered a job at Artist Group International as a talent agent afterwards. Mm. And so, you know, my career just kind of jumped up, like, you know, from being, you know, probably a year and a half prior or something, working at, as an intern for my very first time at a, at a festival that I heard about from a kid I was teaching guitar lessons to. Yeah, it's, it's hard to imagine this all happened in the span of like two years, right? Yeah, my internship was fall 2014, and I started working at Webster Hall June 2016. So you got hired after your internship or they renewed your visa or what did they? Oh, at, Web at Webster Hall? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. I completely skipped over that. So at the end of like my week or week and a half of volunteering and helping out with production at night and getting to know everybody who would actually like run the show other than just do the booking, I went, I, I was working with a traveling summer camp for the summer because I had no, nothing else to do. Mm -hmm. They sent me to Australia and Hawaii with a group of kids. It was what? <laughs> really cool. Okay. And I was in the middle of Australia and I messaged Heath just saying like, hey, um, I see that, you know, not all the tickets are sold on this show. Have you thought about like promoting it to like the NYU, whatever? I, I listed off all these groups. I was just being like an, like an extra intern, right? Like helping out, giving him ideas. And then I'm like, by the way, have you given me thought to that assistant role? Mm -hmm. And he and he he's like, do you have time for a call tomorrow? And I was like, yeah, sure, of course. Mm -hmm. So I get on the phone with him, and he said, yeah, I'd like to offer you the job. And uh, I was like, you know, I have to be sponsored. He's like, oh, I used to manage a Canadian band. He's like, that's fine. He said, I know how it works. And so he there you, you know, go. You throw darts, you know, yeah. you're throwing all these darts, and eventually one's gonna stick, even if yeah. like. A hundred of them don't hit the board. One of them yeah. will. And that that's, you know, that's how I got started. That was my first like 5% of my career. Wow. Dang. Okay. And then speed round. So you went from Webster Hall and then how did you get to where you are today? I know you're studying music tech, right? Uh, studying, not really. Working in, yes. Mm. Um, yeah. So went from Webster Hall to working as an agent. It was my dream job. And I actually didn't really like it very much, which kind mm. of blows. Um, and then I got fired. That's a whole other story for another time. Yeah, I'd love to but, hear it. <laughs> but I got I got fired like from AGI. I just it wasn't the right fit. They were again great people, it just was not mm. the right fit. And uh, I was devastated. I went mm. like you know I went really high up in my career, and then I just like crashed. Yeah. And then I was offered a job to work with Kendrick Lamar, um, and I turned it down because mm. it would have been at another agency and I realized I didn't want to be an agent. Mm. So I ended up moving back to Canada and mm. then I took about six months of not really working at all in entertainment 
working a little bit with like a band that I knew in New York. Mm-hmm. And uh, during that time, I wanted to learn how to code because there was this field called data science that was really sexy to me and you can get paid well to work in it. Mm. And uh, just following your heart, you know, I said, this is interesting. It looks like a new challenge. And I feel like the entertainment industry would benefit from tech. So I started learning how to code, learning more mm. about analytics. I've always been like a math tutor. I'm busy talking to you about parabolas and stuff. And uh, I had an idea for a music tech company called First Act. It wasn't called First Act at the time. It was called something else. I think I was going to call it like Stagehand or something. Anyways, so while I was working like four different <laughs> jobs, I ended up um, teaching myself how to code, finding a co-founder. It didn't work out. Found another co-founder. It didn't work out. And then I ended up getting a job as a data scientist for a large telecom company. And this was like a really weird journey for me, you know, Yeah. Uh, completely, completely outside of music. Exactly. Yeah. New discovery. And then I worked that job until first act started to take off. It was a music tech company where we were helping concert promoters find first acts for their shows, like the opening band. Mm. We, we built a database of more than 200,000 bands in a very short period of time. And uh, we were then marketing this information towards concert promoters as like a recommendation. Like this is mm-hmm. what this band is worth in this market and how much you should pay them and how, like what their touring history looked like. And we were doing all of it off like predictive analytics, mm-hmm. fancy stuff. So then uh, when COVID hit, we wound down the company because no more touring was happening. And it turned into a, this podcast where, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, yeah, everything happens for a reason. And now we're back into the education section of my life where it's mm-hmm. intersecting music and tech and education. Mm-hmm. And, and now I um, I do some consulting work for different companies, bringing more tech into music and more mm-hmm. tech into, into entertainment. And I'm doing my master's in software engineering at night <laughs> to get better at this. Wow. Do you think you're ever gonna do you think you're always gonna be involved in music one way or another because right now you're doing music tech right but you took some period of time where you were just working at a tech company um and you were still working on first act as your music part of your life but did you ever feel like lost or or kind of like disconnected from yourself because of your past or do you think that maybe you've 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 experienced what you wanted to experience in the industry and right now you're really looking to focus more on the tech side, um, even if it you know r- relates to music. Yes, I think the short answer is yes. I think that music will always be super important in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm constantly thinking of interesting ways to disrupt and facilitate different areas of information, like flow of information and entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, while I don't work directly, I'll say like with bands anymore. Um, I still often work with a lot of with a lot of managers and agents and labels, you know, just to kind of like keep my connections fresh, but also just to help people. You know, yeah. I still have that mentality of just wanting to help people. I, I mm-hmm. try to make myself very available to anybody who's, you know, whether they're already working and established in the entertainment space or they're completely brand new and they have they have no idea what they might want what they might want to do. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I think that just by staying connected with a lot of people and constantly trying to grow my network and learn more about what's out there. Um, I will always be connected in this space. Yeah. And um, I just want to, I, I just want to focus more on trying to streamline the flow of efficiency. Mm-hmm. 
I think that's the future of, of music tech, I think, in a lot of ways. And nowadays, if we could figure out how to pay artists more for streams and that kind of stuff would be really cool. I'll assign that to you. <laughs> but um, I think, yeah, I think you're a very social, outgoing, genuine Canadian person. And I feel like that part of you is going to keep you connected. I don't think you're ever going to be able to just put up a wall and be like, I, I'm in my own box now. Like, I think that you have this like very willing to help, like you said, aspect of your personality. And I think this podcast is a great way for you to really continue to foster that and, and show that side of you and, and really talk to these people and build these connections, what you've done for so many years already. Um, but now you're sharing it with other people as well. So like, again, like you said, like it's a really interesting combination of all the different areas of your life, like education and music and tech and entrepreneurship. And now you know me a little bit better. <laughs> yeah, I, I know you better. Yeah, I do. I think our audience does too, but you know, you've had so many guests on this podcast at this point. We're at episode like 45, I think 45, 46. Like yeah. yeah. You know, and you, you hear a lot of different words of advice and lots of different perspectives on how you should live your life or how you should approach the industry. Do you remember any piece of information that really stuck with you out of all of these guests that you were like, you, you refer back to it sometimes or you were like, actually that applies to me or even like, I've never thought of it that way before. You're putting me on the spot. I think that all the episodes <laughs> are very unique. Yeah. Um, and I think that every person has their unique path. There's definitely things that are, you know, that are, um, there's like an underlying tone of like this mm -hmm. hustle mentality, you know, people creating their own opportunities. Mm -hmm. Like uh, for instance, like um, Carol McDonald, talks about she was I, I she was working one job during the day like an internship and then she wanted to work more in music so she worked more in music at night mm -hmm. you know and so like she but she like hustled to find those new opportunities like I think that she was working in radio or radio or broadcasting training yeah you know she she has yeah. but like the whole the whole theme like she might not say it explicitly but it's like if this is where your interest is you can it's okay for you to work in this area that's not necessarily your interest during the day to get experience, but then parlay that into mm -hmm. your, your nighttime job. And yeah. Just, Do it all. <laughs> yeah. And because it, it's not a job if you love it, you know, and like, there's definitely, yeah. there's going to be so many hardships along the way. Like yeah. you know, I got fired and yeah. you know, it, it sucks. You get fired from what you think is your dream job, but I got fired for a reason because I wasn't giving it my all anymore mm -hmm. because I realized that wasn't what I wanted to do. You have to love it, right? Like any art in general, you have to love it in order to be successful and to stay in it because it's a hard industry and it's a hustle and um, we can go on and on and on. But but yeah, I remember that episode too. And I, I liked hearing that story um, where she would go at night and, and work and balance that with her day gig and... Um, Everyone seemed to be, especially just listening to your story too. I'm here. I'm like tired listening to your story. I'm like, oh, he did this. And then he moved to New York and then he went to the UK and then he talked to all these people. I'm like out of breath, just sitting here listening to you talk. Hey everyone, just wanted to check back in and shout all of you out who are taking the time to check out the podcast, especially those of you who have been sharing it with your friends and writing me such nice messages on Apple Podcasts, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. 
If you or someone you know has an awesome story that you think should be shared with the world, feel free to write me directly on any of our socials at The First Act Podcast. Until then, stay safe.